0: We've got a little illustration to try and help us get what we can from this morning. So um, I'd like my two volunteers up. Volunteers. (laughs) Right. Come stand up here. Jacob, Tom, come stand up here. Now, what we often do on a Sunday morning is God breathed revelation. Now, Re- re- revelation means to take off the veil, to show us what is there, to help us see what is real. And so, if, if we look at Revelation in this, in this situation, I'm taking off the veil to reveal some fresh cream strawberry jam slices. Further Revelation takes them out of here. Now... According to Tesco's, tea time won't be the same without this delicious cream cake. All ours are made with fresh British cream. Who could resist? Question mark. Now, I can tell you that these puff pastry-sliced sandwiches with a layer of sticky strawberry jam and a generous layer of freshly, creamed, of freshly whipped cream. Now, look at them. They're lovely, they're gorgeous. Now, This is yours. This is your inheritance. You see that thick whipped cream in the middle? Beautiful icing laid across the top, and the, the crumbly pastry. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Are you excited about that? <laughs> you'd, even, you'd even make notes about it, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd, you'd, put, them in, you'd put them down, you'd write them down. Pretty exciting. This is yours. What are you going to do? Write notes about it. Write notes about it. You, you want to tell people about it? Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. You just want to write notes about it. Maybe tell people about it. Okay. Tom. This is your inheritance. This is everything that, that is here for you today. What do you think about it? What do you want to do with that? Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you want it? Okay, so I should have kept it. Today will be another opportunity to see what God's revealing to you. But revelation is just the seeing of the truth. It's the seeing of your inheritance, but it's faith that actually explores it. Faith that grabs hold of it and applies it to your face, like Tom just did there. So when you're listening, please don't be satisfied with saying, Oh, that's, a, that's good theology. Oh, I didn't see that in the Bible. That's nice. And just leave it in the book, or leave it in your head, or leave it in your discussions. But this is available for us to take and feed on today and apply. Because if we don't do that, we just become good theologians. But the things that will be discussed today can change your life from today. So that is my encouragement to you.
1: I don't look like him. Right, right. okay, they Right. we going to. I'm taking a right. So, um,. Don't with it. So we interview dad today. There we go. We interview dad today. And uh, Jeremy, we just sprung this on Jeremy. Jeremy's going to put up some of the questions on that screen, hopefully. But here's an interesting thing. You know, for us to come together on a Sunday morning, there's lots of people that do things behind the scenes. The kids' workers behind the scenes. They've set up team. They've put all the stuff out. They've got up at 8 o'clock and done stuff. Well, James Ratnaraja spent a long time working, getting a special box together so that we could have the camera project on two screens. So he was really excited about this until I came here this morning and said we were only going to use one screen. So can we give a round of applause to James Ratnaraja? Okay. Right. There we go. How's that? Does that work? Good. Right. So. Nice shirt. Thank you. Oh, matching shirts. <laughs> it's more like a cowboy movie, <laughs> right? Okay. So, uh, thank you, Jamie, for that little illustration because I think that's good. So, so rather than rushing on, what we want to do today is we want to look at some questions, um, right? And the mic. the mic. Okay. So, good, good, good. So now, if you have got a question that you would like to ask Dad in relation to James, not in relation to other things, because I know before some of you had text Jamie with lots of strange questions. <laughs> I arrived back from kids' work, and all it says is uh, text Jamie questions, and I sent him quite a few about the origins of the universe. But uh, if we're going to give Jamie's number, which is? 07813. 07813. 315-386, so I'll give that to Jeremy to put up, while well, he's doing it, look at that, 386, Three <laughs> <Someone. laughs> can you imagine the person who was going to receive all those questions? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, that was good, that was good, thank you very much Jeremy, good, okay. Right, so a bunch of people sent me questions, a number of you may have sent me questions leading up to today, but I left my phone in the office, so I'll look forward to reading those, uh, so apologies to those people who have slaved over those over the weekend. Right, okay, so, we've been looking at James, and so, so a couple of people have given us questions, and we've had some questions from the youth as well, remembering that some of the y- young people were not in last week, so some of the things they've asked, you kind of answered last week, but I think it'd be useful to hear from people, so... Uh, but let's zone in, first of all, on the whole idea of plan B, okay? Could you, uh, how do we, so plan B is where we're, we're not depending on God, where we've got an alternative option, and it relates to the, to the uh, sermon last week. How can we identify if we have a backup plan or a plan B? That's a question to
0: you. Yes.
2: Yes. People I wasn't really nice. listening, I was kind of <laughs> looking around, you know. I'm was, I was still thinking about the cake. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm sure many people here are thinking about
2: the cake. Yeah, yeah. Nice to see you all. Yes. Yeah. And uh, since there's not so many here this week, in the bank holiday weekend, I can actually see more of you, so that's nice. Yeah. See Brenda over
1: there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Uh, Just while we're talking about the cake, yeah.
1: It was. It was my. It's Wogan is the person that you know has the show, isn't it? Yeah,
2: as I was saying, uh, the it's quite. It's quite a good illustration that you can either hear it, see it, know about it, or you can partake in it. And I just wanted to remind you when we started on this. Uh, James series, we talked about training and equipping. Training you might get to know about it. Equipping is when you live in the good of it. And if you remember we, we came through when we looked at the wisdom of God or we invented the word godliness, we actually said it's not really just knowing more about it, it's actually living in that experience. And we joined together and asked God to help us to, to move more into that experience rather than just have more knowledge about it. So, I think the cake thing was very good. Uh, what was that
1: about Plan B? Right, okay. So, one of, the, one of the points you made...
2: Plan B, yes. Yes. Don't have it.
1: You probably could do a little recap on that. Yes. So the plan A and Plan B.
2: What I was defining was that um, where it says about not, not doubting we have to recognise this is not about trying to build up some sort of super spiritual level of faith, you know, sort of somehow building ourselves up into some sort of um, almost out-of-body existence. We have to understand what it really means. What it really means is, and as we looked into it, I won't go into all the, the detail again, but when we looked into it, essentially we saw that it meant that not having an alternative, not coming and asking God for something or looking to God for something. Doubting would not be about our ability to reach great super levels of believism, but it would be simply not having that situation where we say, well, if he doesn't, we'll, we'll do something else. Remember we talked about, um, I, could, I could ask Dawn, please pass me the water with an expectation that she would give that to me. Because I know what her attitude is towards me. And her disposition is towards me.
1: But not an extra sandwich.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pig. But if I thought, you know what, if she doesn't, good old Phil's always there. He's good for a pint, so, I mean, water. So, I, I, would, I would be able to get, you know, so I'm asking there, but I've got some kind of scheme up my sleeve in case that doesn't work. And we're saying that is what the Word of God is saying there about doubting. It, it's about having an alternative. It's thinking, I'm asking God, but you know what, I've got a way of fixing this if God doesn't come
1: across with what I'm asking. It's a is there any kind of indicators to that we have, we are kind of starting to formulate a plan B? Is there any things that that people would naturally move into rather than you know just thinking if there's an issue facing us, we get bound to be thinking about it in different things. How, how do we know we've stepped out of trusting God and expecting Him to do stuff to, to trust? Himself? I think that the
2: the, the initial indicator is when we're trying to to come up with a scheme mm-hmm. it, you know it starts in our thinking we're, we're beginning to kind of look at hmm how could we resolve this so I'm asking God but I'm actually kind of already beginning to think of ways in which I could get round it and, and just plan A is not plan Avril or plan Alan or plan Annabelle or Plan A is my dependency on God, not my dependency on anything else or anything that I might come up with. You know, we've got to understand that, that this is about what God requires. God is a jealous God, and he requires that dependency upon him, not something that we can dig out of ourselves. So we're talking about, like the illustration I just gave, we're talking about, well, if Dawn doesn't do it, Phil will do it. We can also be thinking, you know what? I might be able to do a fix here myself. So it's not even just looking to what we can come up with. It's the requirement of receiving from God is that we're dependent upon God. And it comes out of the, the, the truth. If we believe, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's a very, very important position to take. The poor in spirit, remember, is nothing to do with how much money you've got or how many things you've got. Poor in spirit is a recognition that outside of God, I don't have anything that is valuable or commendable. It's, it's every good gift comes from him. So in, in essence, we're saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit is a recognition that I can do nothing but I can do all things through Christ. So grace, the receiving from God, really starts at that point where we say we don't have another scheme, we're not looking for another fix, and we can't fix it ourselves either. Yeah?
1: Would you expect for someone operating in plan A rather than considering plan B to be experiencing supernatural peace or do you not think that's...
2: Hmm, not really because there, there's a kind of how can i resolve this how can i work this out which always comes yeah, with so the if,
1: they're, if they're not gone to plan b is that one of the underlying things if you're oh. if you're agitated and worried about yeah, something you're not
2: yeah. yeah it's a place of rest good it's a very releasing place
1: right okay uh, what is our expectation? Uh, sorry. What is our expectation when we ask God? How can we pause, check our expectation before asking God for something? Or should we even pause and check before we ask?
2: Yeah, probably a good idea. Otherwise, we could be asking for a pink Rolls Royce
1: or a pink Cadillac
2: or a pink Cadillac. You know, or something completely ridiculous or something that seems perfectly reasonable to our minds but that issue of dependency on God allows us to be open to what he would want us to be asking rather than just what, what we want so it's uh, part of walking under his lordship I think is being open uh, and again we're dependent upon him if we're open to him, we're dependent upon him guiding us as to what things to uh, ask for and what things not to ask for. It saves a lot of wasted time.
1: How do we encourage one another to declare our unbelief in a matter? Is it a hard thing? It's a hard thing to confess.
2: Well, we saw last week that God's way of, of dealing with uh, unbelief, is to is to confess it and ask for his help. So um, we mustn't confuse the two things. We defined doubting in that situation as having an alternative plan. But then there is a situation where we say, hmm, like the man we talked about last week who brought his son that was... Uh, uh, possessed of demons and was being cast into the fire and the disciples couldn't, couldn't really help. And then there's all this spectacle going on. And I think that that is a story that's worth kind of, it's worth just picturing that a little bit. Because otherwise we can just gloss over it as being something, uh, yeah, yeah, what just happened. But here's somebody with their, with their child. Parents will probably have a better uh, understanding of this, and they're taking—he's taking the risk. And this is a child that's um, not kind of uh, unwell in a in a kind of invisible way. This is a very visible thing. Talks about him, the, the the demons throwing him into the fire. I mean, we're talking about somebody that would be manifesting in a very bad, very big way and would be seriously injured and and disfigured and you hardly really want to make a spectacle. So he's gone through all this thing of coming and it's crowds of people there and the disciples are trying to help and somehow not able to resolve it. And then he comes again and... uh, You know, he could have crawled off home at that point and you frankly would have understood it. But he comes and Jesus asks him this question which is so insightful. He says, well, anything's possible to those who believe. And rather than pretend, he chose the route of confession. He said, well, I do. And I would evidence that by the fact that he's still there. But there again, you know, given what I've just experienced, I don't. And what he's doing there, he's not got a plan B, but he's saying, I do, but I'm struggling with something here in the light of my experience. He brings it into the open, he confesses it, and then God, through Jesus, deals with it in a remarkable way, simply by healing the child and delivering the child. And the... Issue of not pretending and not trying to fake it uh, is very close to, to the heart of God. He wants reality. And somehow he can handle our mess-ups, he can handle our um, lack of belief, uh, or any of those things if we are but honest and willing to confess it and say, Lord, please help me.
1: Right, so that's very interesting because you that difference between doubting... Doubting being plan B and unbelief, that's interesting. Thank you. Right, let's, let's, in some senses, flip back to the start of James. So look at the bit that says, consider it pure joy when you face trials. So we've got a couple of questions stemming from this. Um, is joy the same as being peaceful? No. Thank you. Good, next question. <laughs> So, how would you define the difference between the two? Well, um,
2: obviously the Bible defines the difference. Uh, it doesn't just use the one where it talks about joy and peace and righteousness. So, uh, it's clearly a difference. Um, I think uh, peace is a place of calm and rest uh, against the background of any circumstance. And joy... Uh, is, an, is a, a strengthening um, manifestation of the Spirit of God. So one is, is simply a place of rest. The other one is an empowering and strengthening. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it, remember, we talked about a joy which is not, you know, oh, happy, the sun is shining and I've just won the lottery. It's not that kind of superficial <coughs> Or, you know, it's a nice day and I've got nice things lined up. Joy is uh, something of a a supernatural nature which is there uh, in spite of whatever the circumstances are. It's something which is deeper. It sort of comes as a result of God working in us. And uh, it's not, therefore, uh, determined by outward circumstances. It's a supernatural thing. And remember... Um, God calls us uh, when he calls us to himself to walk from a, uh, and to be empowered to live from a totally different life source, we're no longer just living on a natural level we're actually empowered uh, to live by his power, so it means that we can forgive when actually naturally speaking, we'd never be able to forgive, we can love when Naturally speaking, it would be impossible to do it. In other words, it's supernatural. We can have joy when, naturally speaking, there's no way that you would. You can have peace when everything would be against that because we're living from a c- totally different life source. And that brings us back to the cake. You know, we're talking about living in something, not knowing about it, enjoying the reality of the supernatural experience, becoming more godlike having more of the life and qualities of God rather than just knowing what they
1: are. Okay. But that said, are there not times where we need to stand against enemy activity in our lives when things go wrong rather than accepting it as development? Yes. And that's why in everything we do, we have to be hearing from
2: God rather than making a decision based on the past. Remember um, when, uh, who was it? I can't remember. Just remind me. Jesus? No. <laughs> right? <Brian. laughs> That's normally the answer. <laughs> uh going up to attack the enemy. David, Samuel, I don't know. Shall we go up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shall we go
1: round another way? There was there was someone in the Bible that certainly <laughs> happened for. <before. laughs> I'm betting on the Old Testament myself. <laughs> I, I just can't
2: bring it to Somebody bring it to mind. Come on, don't... Who am I talking about?
1: David? Jonathan? David and Jonathan? Oh, oh Lorraine? Jonathan is armour bearer. Jonathan is armour bearer, yes. Yes, that was true. Um, that was uh, a,
2: a question of going up and facing the enemy and trusting God. Uh, but I'm also thinking
1: about you know bit I like about that is they refer to them as fellows. Let us go and, you know, kill these fellows. Sounds no. very civilised.
2: He's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously been reading the King James. Again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> as right, I was anyway. saying, you cannot work on a, well, this is what happened last time, this yeah. is what God did last time. You have to be asking God um, what is... What is his mind in a given situation? So, in a situation, we may be saying this is not a time to fight or resist this. This is a time where we, we trust in God. He takes us through uh, and we're living in peace. There's another time when you would uh, come in the power of God with a great resistance against it. And, of course, you can they can be interchangeable.
1: In, in your... Um Few years that you've had in church leadership and things, fellows. Fellows, um, can you give instances where you've been working with people that have said one thing, one one that said we should resist, fight, and what have you, and others said no, we should take it on the nose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Look, worth illustrating, though? Yeah. There's often um,
2: times, when the Bible says we, that's in the plural, we together have the mind of Christ, we come together and we bring the the part of the insight of wisdom that we are carrying. The value of coming together is as we share that together, if we're all looking to access the mind of God, what Mm. does God want rather than what I want? then it gives us the opportunity to actually get the benefit of what God is saying. Just so, to have a kind of two views is not necessarily a problem. Just talk us
1: out a little bit how that works in terms of how the leaders consider things that are brought. Explain, because people may not know what happens.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a very important thing to operate in the principle of that, where um, each person charged with that responsibility grants us the benefit of what they're actually seeing and feeling at that time. In a a loving and secure environment where um, you can feel free to really express what you're you're feeling, what you're bringing, what you sense is right, there's a safety in that place. Um, And out of that, there also has to be a, a kind of contribution of it rather than investing my whole reputation depends on you agreeing with me. It's not a place where we can indulge in a kind of insecurity. So we're in a situation, uh, and let's say it was, it was the four of us, uh, Dawn and Phil and you and me, and, and we bring what we're actually bringing. Phil is in a, a position where he can bring clearly what he's feeling even with the risk that you might be absolutely wrong knowing that that is valued and received and that we would expect between us because in the end we're not looking to have my way we're looking to find out what God's way is and then as we share together and discuss together and maybe at a given point let's say okay let's rest it there let's just turn and take some time before God to actually find a settling. And then at a given point, there comes what I call the, the settling of peace. Mm. And it's, a, it's something that God does. It, he says, let the peace of God um, umpire. Let the peace of God determine the, the decision and the direction. So you're always looking for that settling of the peace of God.
1: Good, good. Right, what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to looking at wisdom and double-minded things and pick up a little bit about that. And we're going to take a two-minute commercial break so I can confer with Jamie. So talk amongst yourselves to the people next to you, see if there's any burning questions you have, and I'll take Jamie's point. Okay, good. How are we doing? Still with us? And part of this thing about James... Is, uh, it's not an easy book. Those of you who are history scholars should look up what Martin Luther said about it. But let's say that I couldn't say that in public because he didn't use nice words. So it's not an easy book, but it's worth a working through. Okay? So this is we have to grind through. It's not light, fluffy, easy talk. This is kind of meaty stuff. And actually some of the questions coming through about that, that thing which is really good about us is, you know, so, so what now? Okay, I, I take that. I'm starting to understand it. So what does it mean? And so we've got lots of stuff coming up about Plan B. I'm going to give you a couple more moments just to text Jamie with other things um, that, uh, that have come up in your discussions. And we'll just pop over some of my pre-set questions that I got from others first. So wisdom. What is the primary purpose of wisdom? Uh, what, would it be, what would be the outworking fruit in our lives? Okay. Remember,
2: we, we defined wisdom. It's really, really important because this can be a bit confusing. Because we use wisdom um, to describe being smart or having the answers or being clever. In this instance, wisdom is, is not about being smart, clever and having the answers. Wisdom is about being godlike or having more of the character of God in us. And in order to do that, in order to get to that def- definition, we we jumped on a little bit, and I think it's James three seventeen. I've not got it right in front of me, but uh, and we spent some time going through defining what wisdom actually is in this situation, and we concluded that it is all about showing more of the life and character of God. Now remember. Our purpose in being here as representatives of God, those who have been um, transformed by his power, who live from a different life source, who actually know God, the purpose of being here is not so we sing songs, learn Bible verses or anything like that. It's so that we actually show what he's like by how we live and the Values and attitudes that we hold that determine how we live. So, the purpose of wisdom is for us to become, to get more of this godliness so that we're more like Him and more accurate in showing what we're like.
1: Do you think that godliness was what Solomon was asking for when he asked for wisdom? Or do you think that's a different definition? Um, I wouldn't like to
2: guess at it, so I'll guess at it. (laughs) Uh, I think that we might see um, both aspects displayed in there. He was actually known to be wise, but he was also known to be displaying um, attributes of of godliness. So I would want to look into the basis of that of that work um, but my my kind of guess is that actually he would be incorporating both because um, he became a representative of the kingdom uh, you know the kind of comment that uh, sheba came up with after she'd actually seen it and uh, the the sense of um, enhancement it brought to God. Right. So it
1: wasn't just, oh, what a great guy. He got all the answers. Okay. Now, this next question um, uh, relates to what some of the young people have said, and they weren't in last week, so they didn't hear the stuff on double-minded and vacillating stuff. So can you just, just simply kind of give us a recap on that when it talks about uh doubting um
2: yeah wh- when when he uh when he's talking about double-minded it's it's talking about um having it's not about an indecision this is about actually um, having this sort of yeah well i've decided to trust but you know what i think i will um i am not sure I mean I could try and work out and fix something uh another way. It's essentially comes back to this this same thing um around the area of having this plan b okay. um it it's uh it's a very common thing
1: so would you say that double minded is the same as not being sure what to do no All right, how would you say that's different
2: i think it's it's Tossing up between two things, having decided one is one is the right way, and then kind of deliberating. So, I might be double-minded if I decide um, fillers upset me, and I'm going to really, uh, really give him a rundown on the weaknesses Ooh. of his character. In the strongest no text
1: on that, please. In the strongest <laughs>
2: possible terms. And then I kind of think, is that what God wants me to say to him? Mm -hmm. And then I'm saying, no, it's not. But I want to tell Phil what he's really like. But what does God want? Well, I know what God wants, but it's what I want. And it's choosing between those two things.
1: Cool. Well, we're going to come back to that. So a number of questions come through we just pick up on this one. How do we maintain our integrity when we're struggling to, struggling to have faith for something but don't want to doubt or be double-minded? For example, if we want to be healed but we just don't feel a sense of faith.
2: How, what's the integrity aspect?
1: That we want to have faith for something. Um, we're str- sorry, when we're struggling to have faith for something.
2: Okay, all right. Um, this is a a wrong idea Uh, struggling to have faith I mean you can struggle from now till Jesus comes and you you don't get faith by how much you struggle how does faith come? faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God we get confused between Trying to, trying to believe something or trying to choose the the better way. Look, faith only comes, and faith inevitably comes when you hear God. It comes when you hear the word of God. Uh, so, you may say, Lord, uh, help me to believe, like we were talking about earlier on, by being open and by being honest, and by asking for God's help in the situation, recognising that all the struggling in the world won't do it. It's as we hear God. God says, this is what what I'm saying, this is what I want.
1: Um, You may disagree with the premise of this question, but uh, the question I've got here is, why can't we receive when we have doubt? Because... The doubt that we were
2: describing is this having a plan B. And I know this needs a little bit of kind of working at because we tend to think doubt is insufficient belief. What, what I'm trying to, to do is to is to help us understand what the Bible is actually saying here. It's not about insufficient belief. It's about having a plan an alternative way of resolving it that's the doubt that it refers to there the issue of belief when we are when we're in a situation where we want to uh, trust god for something like the man with the with the son that is dealt with by saying yes i need help here i need you to help me the same illustration or rather the same thing we illustrated by talking about thomas last week and Thomas said, I know what I'm like, I just will not be able to receive this unless I see it for myself. And of course, being on the basis of that honesty, um, Jesus comes to him and resolves the issue for him.
1: Good. Okay, let's move on to look, look a little bit about plan B then. There's lots of questions coming on that. So, um, if Isaac was plan A and Ishmael was plan B, how can we be sure not to fall into Plan B when we just do what's in our hands to do?
2: Uh, I think you can be sure that you will fall into Plan B if you take it upon
1: yourself. So part part of the question was also, if there's no, I think we, I think it's, this is not play stuff.
2: This is not kind of oh, wouldn't it be nice? This has got a serious downside to it. If we take our own life into our own hands, make our own decisions, do it my way, then we basically take ourselves in that respect out of the, uh, the, the, the place of, of
1: God's plan and we're basically running the show can you ourselves. Can you think of some examples of people that have taken both? Both sides.
2: Um,
1: People that you've known over the years. Yes. Without revealing (laughs) the names of the guilty or the, you know, righteous.
2: Yeah, I've seen um, people make decisions on the basis of... um, deciding they would like to live in pastures green or um, a a career thing or a financial thing which they did not really believe was God and as a result they end up in a position where they miss out the richness of what God has for them and I find that to be very sad Um, I can remember, uh, for myself, um, some years ago, being very. Uh, there was uh, one of th- one of the people that was with us. Um, constantly let us down, and I got to a point where I was really, really aggravated by it, um, and there was another occasion and they called and let us down in something. And I gave them the benefit of what I was feeling rather than what God was saying. And I realised that damaged that relationship for a long time. Now, in the goodness of God, it it was restored and to this day is a very, very positive um, relationship, very positive situation. But... um, not somebody who was here, so don't guess him. Uh,
1: <laughs> There's a number of people coloured around really. yeah, <laughs> <yeah>. There <laughs> may be some in that category. But, uh, uh, you know, opting for what we want is a dangerous course. How about on the other side? People that have stuck with Isaac.
2: Mm.
1: Yep. It's
2: always a very, a very precious thing. Um, Very, very significant thing. Um, When, especially when the desire for something else is so strong and so reasonable, and to make the sacrifice of saying, I want that, I would really like that, but you know what? I don't believe that that's what God is giving me. It's a very powerful, very painful, but a very, very significant step and you know it's one of the steps one of the most significant building blocks that we have is when we choose and what does the bible say we choose to deny ourselves take up our cross and follow him we choose our decrease in favour of his increase Okay. Yes, there's pain, there's sacrifice and there's great profit
1: right, just uh, my little helper has reminded me, the second part to the Isaac Ishmael thing was if you, we've put ourselves in in Abraham's position, so he's been promised an Isaac, he's not seeing anything happening, and yet at the same time, we know there is a, a general principle that whatever's in our hands, we should do the thing we have in our hands rather than sitting around waiting for, how, how do we balance those two concepts? The yeah. um, I, I think God said something, but I've got this thing here yeah. and, and how, how do we know that thing we do won't turn into an ishma won't yeah. turn into plan B yeah. because even when we come to doing it we've got to do
2: it under God's direction rather than saying you know I really want this I've waited for a long time here we go I can fix it there's the danger now the good side is yeah, it may well be that God gives us a green light on something <coughs> that already is in our hands or within our sphere. Um, it may be, uh, let's say, um, investing in something or buying something. We can decide, I really want this. I've got the money. I'm going to do it. Yeah. On the other hand, that that can be a danger in that because we're deciding to do what we want. But when we get that that okay of God, that green light of God it may still be that he's releasing us to use something that's in our hands. But then it's different because it's
1: done under his direction. Okay, that brings me neatly to the next one, thank you. Um, so I'm in a job, I'm unhappy with the job, and I'm asking God what are the options to change it, and there's a range of options I could take. And so I'm asking God what shall I do, and he says, to, and I have a preference, but he says to me, uh, or I he says, you choose. If I go for that which I have a preference for, is that is that a plan B? Have I already worked the thing out?
2: When when God says there are all these, these opportunities, and I'm giving them to you, at that point, I think you've got to be m- more careful. I know... Remember, Noel Woodruff used to say, at that point, check yourself into jail. I always thought that was a great phrase. At that point, saying, No, Lord, I will not just do what I want. I'm still looking uh, for what you want. Mm-hmm. There are this whole array of things, and you have given me the opportunity uh, to, to choose and to, to, to have what I want. Um, but I still want you to guide me i 'm not going out on my own, or to use another scripture, Lord, unless your spirit goes with me, carry me not forward it 's it's, uh, it's like when you could have all the different things or when you could take all the different directions, there 's a greater greater time when you 've only got one, one opportunity there 's not the same danger, and I think we face that we face there uh, many opportunities, but we've got to be more careful at that point. We say, Lord, I only want to do what you want to do. Look at what we're we're looking at, um, both in the past and in the present, as we thrust afresh into the community. There are many things that we could do, many things within our scope, within our ability to do, but we want to do what God has given us to do, and therefore, uh, whilst it may come in a sense, in our choosing, we still want to do that under his hand.
1: Um, if God can heal, and I have a sense that God's going to heal me, is that a justification for not going to the doctors and not taking medicine? If God says so, yeah. <clears throat> uh,
2: otherwise... yeah. God could heal my eyes, but I can see the full beauty of Phil by using these glasses. You need to have your glasses?: If, if I took my glasses off, oh, it's actually better. <laughs> 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 see, I like it when someone's really in the flow. <laughs> Cheeky.
1: <laughs> Cheeky right. Yeah. good. Right, Jamie, any last-minute ones? we have got a bunch more. Right, give us, give us the best one. Um. Right, okay. Oh, right, okay, how do we... Oh, it's gone. How do we celebrate with someone? I would disagree with this question to start with, but anyway. But how do we celebrate with someone when they've chosen to pursue Plan B or make their own way? Oh, with oh, lots of... Obviously, me, like, that's plan B. I'm not so celebrating. Go, you know, <laughs> off, off-ski, mate. <laughs> so, someone's chosen plan B. Well, of course, what we think is plan B, because there is that, isn't there? Yeah. That, that Actually, it's up to each person to choose plan A and plan B. It, while you think about that, it reminds me of someone... Martin may remember this, someone I remember who was in a youth group when I was a young person, not so long ago. And... Um, and she had a prophetic gifting, real clear prophetic gifting. And she was going out with this guy. And they kind of broke up, but she still liked him. And so he went to a North American country. And God told her to go there. And when he came back, God, God told her to come back. In fact, wherever wherever he was, God told her to go. I'm not yeah. sure if that was plan A or plan B, but it's, I think it, it was convenient. All I can <laughs> say
2: is that uh, with some people their ability to hear God leaves me bewildered that he would ever have any time left to listen to me because they seem to have such a, an ongoing and often contradictory you know in the end that's not my responsibility I know that uh, God doesn't give up and we mustn't give up on anyone unless God has said that's you know finish with them, and it doesn't happen very often. Um, How do we celebrate with somebody who is pursuing Plan B? Well, we've got to retain our own integrity. Um, And I suppose having made clear if we feel it's our job, our responsibility uh, to do so uh, in that situation. Uh, then, the responsibility is with that person before God, so um, it may it may limit to some degree the wholeheartedness of our involvement, but uh, to still to still uh, be able to celebrate with them yeah i mean we 're not there to we 're not there to be judge and jury, so uh, I think. There are certain situations which you may say, you know, I'm, this is this is so wrong, I'm not participating in this. There are other um, situations where you say, I'm not going to try and impose my will by engineering something externally or bringing some legalistic position uh, in order to uh, impose some kind of restriction upon you. That's, I don't really feel that's our job. So if, if somebody is... If somebody says, look, I need some money. I've found a way to rob the bank. You say, I don't really believe that that's right. The Bible says you shouldn't steal. They rob the bank. They've got a lot of money. And they invite you you to, you know, a big lavish party somewhere uh, on the basis that they've got all that money. Um, Would you go? That's the kind of question, is it?
1: Depends on the parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of question. Yeah, I yeah. Right. One last question. This is more Paxman-esque question. Um, can you give us an example where you've chosen Plan B? I did just now. Another one. Another one. Another <laughs> one. Can
0: Plan B become Plan A?
1: Yeah, that that was there was that was a second part. Can Plan B become Plan A? Or well, God can do anything. So I, you know. And we cannot, we,
2: we cannot really comprehend the depth of his mercy. So, yes, God can take plan B and make it into plan A, but I wouldn't want to encourage anybody to start out on that basis. <laughs> um, you know, it's like someone said to me once, well, it, God's, for- God's forgiveness is so great. Um, so if I, if I rob a bank, God will forgive me. And I said, Absolutely. Forgive you for every day of the next 15 years that you're in prison. Mm-hmm. Enjoying the consequences of robbing the bank. You're totally forgiven, but you've got consequences. What was your question? Yes, your, oh, did I have an example, example of a
1: plan B? I'm sure,
2: but I can't think of one at the moment.
1: Can you think of it? <laughs> oh, she can think of so many. <laughs> 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 right, where he uh, didn't agree with her is what she said. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, hang on, uh, secondary thing. No. I'm sure there. I'm
2: sure there are so many of these examples. It, it's Just trying to think of them at at the time. Having said that. I wouldn't mm. want to convey that I've lived a life of going for Plan B, <laughs> um, but I think uh, since I'm not claiming uh, ultimate perfection just yet, I'm sure they're rather a
1: few <laughs> just yet. It. Just yeah. yet. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, that kind of brings us to a close. Good. Um, okay. Thank you very much. So, folks, as we kind of as we turn on, the encouragement is that we read ahead in James and continue to to chew it up. I know that there is. Chewed uh, up in a good way. Um, uh, I know that uh, it's useful if you're reading, if you f- if you email uh, stuff, questions, thoughts, things. If you email those to Dad, you can do that. That's useful. Points and questions. It's been interesting. We've not gone gone over the points, but a number of people had sent me points, things that they'd reflected on, and a number of people said actually I I had happened to listen to it again, and it has really opened things up to me. To listen to it again. And I, f- I think we're, what, six verses into this? Over six weeks? I mean, partly there was the, the leg incident. But um, so, you know, we, it's stuff to chew over. So it's a, it's a working, it's a hard-working one, this one. We've got to work it through.
2: But it's, it's worth working it through together. And that's why when we first started, I said, you know, it's good to read into it. Clearly, we're not getting that far ahead of, Um, but we won't take probably as long uh, as we have done thus far, but I can't be certain on that. But, you know, the thing which makes it much more valuable in terms of coming back to eating the cake rather than just looking at it is this level of engagement that God requires. So, yeah, to email questions, you don't do email, give them to Debbie and she'll she'll pass them to me. Um, Because we do want the full benefit that God intends. God intends we come... We become more like him as a result of looking at this stuff in his word together. And we don't want to come to the end of it and have more knowledge but not be different. So it's very, very important.